0: And when we talk about prophesying, it's all about the prophet. Is that not true? And because of that, we come to church and we, don't, we are not comforted and we are not exhorted and we are not edified because that gift is not in operation. Amen. Amen. But it's so important that we bring back that gift into the body of Christ. And we said that there's also the revelatory prophecy. Amen. Amen. And the revelatory prophecy has to do with the supernatural utterance. Which has an attachment of revelation to it. So we, and we said that it's mostly in the office of the prophet. Is that true? So the prophet works in revel- revelatory prophecy. That means that he's inspired to speak forth words see, by the Holy Spirit. But attached to those words he's speaking forth is revelation. The prophet has the grace to be able to see and to be able to know supernaturally. The prophet can know what is happening in your life or see what is happening in your life and all that's supernatural. Is that not true? true Whilst he uses the vehicle of prophecy to reveal what he's seen and is hearing. Amen. Amen. And that is very important. Is that important? It's important, so it's important we understand the two because most of the times when prophecies are given, people don't really understand what is happening to them. Amen. So the man of God saw about me is true, is true, is true. If the man of God is, has said what he said is true, then it must come to pass. And it's not every Christian that experiences the, the manifestation of prophecy. And that is why we talk about our theme for Avalanche is warring with prophecies. Because not many Christians even know that they have to they have to wage war with prophecies. So we continue from where we ended yesterday, and then maybe God willing tomorrow. I'll be talking about warring with prophecy. Amen. How do you war with prophecy? Which prophecies do you war with? Amen. Is there a prophecy that you receive that you begin to wage war? Or there are some prophecies you have to wage war? These are things you must know. Else you visit all the prophets in Ghana and walk around with nothing to show. Amen. I met a friend who said all the prophets in Ghana. Almost all prophets have prophesied to him. Amen. And he's still the same. And he was now blaming the prophets. And all that. And I asked him whether when they were prophesying to him, what they said was true. He said it was true. He said, okay, if they told you things that were true and you you confirmed there, then they they couldn't have been false prophecies. Is that not true? What is making you confirm prophecies that it is true? It is true. And then when you finish, the other one that they add that it will happen in the next two weeks, never happens. Is that not strange? (laughs) It's strange. But we have to learn some of these things as Christians. Amen. So... Let's begin from revelatory prophecy again. Amen. If you missed it, you can go back to our Facebook page and learn. And do what? And learn. I'm not hearing your response. Why are you guys angry this evening? If you are here, shout glory. glory. Amen. Amen. So we say that that revelatory prophecy is that prophecy, you can write it down. All supernatural utterance with revelation Coming forth in it, and we said that when you are walking in, well, you are, we are prophesying inspirationally. You are bubbling forth words, words. Amen. Bubbling forth. So, revelatory prophecy is that prophecy of supernatural utterance with revelation coming forth in it. It is revelatory in nature. Write it down. It is revelatory in nature. And you will see in that utterance It's a kind of seeing Inspired by the spirit kind of seeing Inspired by the spirit Or a prophetic seeing Amen And this is a ministry Associated with the prophet Amen Have you gotten something down? Have you gotten something down right now? So it's a ministry associated with the prophet. Amen. Every prophet works in the revelation. That means that every prophet has the ability to see into people's lives, to see into situations, and to see what the Spirit of God is revealing to him. Amen. He works in revelation. So he knows what he is seeing, and he sees what he knows. Is that not true? Amen. Come on, shout glory. glory. I said, shout glory. glory. Hallelujah. Glory. And there's a difference between preaching and prophesying. Amen. There's a big difference between preaching. Are you in church? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Don't let me spend two hours here preaching. Amen. Because yes. if I spend two hours here preaching, you'll go home like that. Is that not true? So you should flow with me. And don't let the children distract you. Amen. They are having their own service. Let the children come to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So there is a difference between preaching and prophesying. Write it down. There's a difference between preaching and prophesying. There's a difference between preaching and prophesying. When we preach, we announce, or we are announcing the word of God. We are announcing the good news of God. When we are preaching, we are announcing. Sometimes when we are preaching, we preach inspirationally. You see, sometimes when we are preaching, we preach inspirationally. It means that we don't preach from our head, we preach from our spirits. The word of God keeps just coming forth out of our spirits. The word keeps coming forth out of our spirits as we preach the word of God. And because of that, certain people tend to think that once we preach inspirational, inspirationally, then it's also a kind of prophecy. So sometimes people say that even preaching is prophecy. But preaching is not prophecy. Amen. Preaching is an announcement. Preaching means to announce. So you're announcing the good news. But prophesying is by inspiration. You can preach without necessarily by inspiration. You can preach from your notes, you can preach from anything, you can just stand up, read, don't read and things, telling us something. It's a preaching. Preaching is different from teaching. Amen. But, if you are prophesying, it will be by the move of the Spirit on your inside means that there will be a bubbling forth from your inside. There will be the Spirit of God speaking to your spirit and uttering words to your spirit as to what you should say when you are prophesying. I've said it, I said it yesterday that you cannot prophesy by yourself. You prophesy by the Spirit of God. And that is why sometimes it is not good when we bring forth somebody to you that prophesies to the person as a prophet. It is not correct. Why? Because prophecy is by inspiration. So there can be a time where you can sit with people and not necessarily prophesy. Or people can come before you and not necessarily prophesy. When a prophet does not know, I'm talking about prophecy, revelatory prophecy this time around. A prophet does not know or does not have enough confidence in what he does and all that. In a quest to want to please everyone, he may want to now prophesy at any time he's given a microphone. Two or false. And then begin to get into errors and all that. (laughs) Come on, shout glory. And say things which are not there. Amen. Because he wants to please people. The ministry, prophetic ministry said that it is no ministry is done to please anyone. We do ministry to please the Lord. We serve people with the gift God has given to us. And we please the Lord through that gift. Amen. And we said that the gift is to profit all, is to benefit all. Amen. Amen. Is that true? So preaching is not necessarily prophesying. Secondly, I also want us to take notice of the fact that many also say that, oh, in this generation we don't need prophecies. And yesterday I highlighted, I think I talked about that, that any man of God who says that is in error. So you can be in error because you despise a particular gift. But if you despise a particular gift of the Spirit, you are in error. Is that true? You can't despise the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then... People say you don't need the gift of prophecy or we don't need all of those prophecies because the word of God is there. So all you just need is true. The word of God is there. But revelatory all the prophets are very important. Revelatory prophets is so important because uh USA is not in the word of God. True or false. Any Ghana is not in the Word of God. It takes revelation for you to know the Spirit of God's leadings to a particular location or a particular place. Even Paul himself who wrote the epistles needed revelation at a point in time as to whether he should go to Asia or not to go. That was the Spirit of God speaking to him as to whether he should go. He had a vision where he had to go to Macedonia. That is a prophetic revelation to him that the Macedonians needed him and he had to go. Even though he was full of knowledge, he needed this revelation to to know whether he should move or not to move. Amen. So it's so important to clarify that. And let's, let's take First Peter chapter 1. I want to explain something there briefly. On this particular point. Amen. Amen. I think that this year's avalanche, if you learn something, it will help. to go forward. So there are questions. Some of your questions will be answered. More than every day, receiving prophecy, receiving prophecy, and going to sleep. Many people have received prophecy, and they go and they sleep on the prophecy. Is that not true? Then when they feel, they say, ah, oh, the prophecy did not come to pass. They say, if a prophet speaks and doesn't come to pass, it's not a true prophet. And say all kinds of things. Amen. Amen. Tomorrow, maybe I'll be going into such such subject. Are we here? Yes, Are you hearing something? Yes, Amen. So go to Second Peter chapter 1, from verse 19. It looks like I have a lot of things to share, so I want to also make sure I work within my time. Amen. So that we can have our service tomorrow. Uh, some of us will oversleep. The man of God will oversleep, and by the time he comes, it's 12. The gift of prophecy versus the sure word of prophecy. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19. It says, for we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Do you see it there? He calls the word of God a more sure word of prophecy. Then we have what? The gift of prophecy. And it says, a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well, that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. It says we have a more sure word of prophecy. Why does it call the word of God the more sure word of prophecy? Because the word of God was written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Whatsoever is written by the inspiration of the Spirit, or spoken by the inspiration of the Spirit, is a prophecy. Amen. So it says that, why? The Spirit of the Lord says that holy men were moved, they were inspired to write the scriptures, to or false. But it calls a more sure word of prophecy. That is a, a, a more trusted word of prophecy. That is a, 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 a faith-inspired word of prophecy. Come on, shout amen. amen. Why? Because the Word of God is the foundation upon which all prophecies anchor. The word of God. The word of God is the material through which we judge prophecies. For instance, it is through the word of God we know that inspirational prophecies are for edification, exhortation, and comfort. True or false. So, the word of God is the basis, the foundation for all prophecies. So that through the word of God, we can scrutinize a prophecy. (laughs) Do you hear what I said there? Through the word of God. It's a more sure word of Prophecy that we can trust on. So that even if you've not received any prophecy or something, you still have your faith in the Word of God. And when you even receive a prophecy, your faith must still be in the Word of God. Every prophecy that you receive, inspirationally or revelatorily, is still founded on the Word of God. There is no prophecy that is outside the Word of God. So, if a, re- a prophet shows up and he says, I'm a prophet and God told me that I should give all of you, all of you carry in to drink, and get me a, get a bottle. If you take care of all of you, it will become like this. Two or us. Exactly. Which we have been seeing with some of these men who are coming to the system who are not prophets. Amen. They are not prophets. They are only just into the man of God who says that God has given him a, a, an assignment to bath ladies. And all he does is to put ladies in buckets and bath them. I don't know whether you've heard that, all of those things, or seen those things. You see. Why? Because sometimes, and that is the problem With some of these guys who come into the system who are not prophets, you know, some of the things they say cannot be scrutinized with the word of God. When you look, when you compare, that is why he calls it the most sure word of prophecy. So that whilst the prophet is saying that, if you are, and it's important that we as believers learn the word of God. I don't know how many times I should shout that. Is that not true? It's true. Why? Because if you are ignorant of God's word, anyone can take advantage of you. People say that uh, men of God have taken advantage of them, or certain prophets have taken advantage of them, and all that. And, and, and they say that because of ignorance, you see. The Word of God doesn't show us that you should go to a church and be bathed, true or false. Is that what we do in church? The Word of God tells us what we do in church. And even the order of worship in the church of God. So if you don't know any of that, and you just go, so after they bathed me, I got pregnant. And after I was looking for a child and they, they bathed me, I heard a a story of a police officer who traveled all the way to go and see a prophet, somewhere, somewhere, in some bush, somewhere. The prophet was hiding somewhere, somewhere in the bush. And the police officer, out of frustration, traveled all the way to that bush. There is no prophet who lives in a bush. True or false. It's only native doctors who live in bushes. Why? A prophet is sent to a local assembly. Write it down. No prophet is isolated. Every, the ministerial gift is for the local assembly. The ministerial gift, ministerial gift. Prophets, pastors, evangelists, and all that. It says it's for the perfecting of the saints. It's for the equipping. Not equipping of trees. Is it equipping of trees? So if somebody says there's a prophet, but he lives in the bush somewhere, let me take you there. And you sit in a car and you go all the way to the bush and you say they've taken advantage of me. You see, nobody took advantage of you. You took advantage of yourself. True of false? I said true of false. Yeah. So it tells us we have a sure what, a more sure word of prophecy. That is a word of God that you can trust. A word of God that you can use to judge certain situations. You see, the word of God, I remember the prophet, a prophet came. There was this man of God who was uh, uh, commanding miracle money and they were happening. And people were saying, oh, this is fake. This is fake. And all that. Why were they saying it was fake? Those people who were saying it was fake were saying that because they had not looked at what he was doing and compared it to the scriptures. Amen. If miracles can't happen instantly, then Jesus lied throughout the gospel. Jesus lied throughout the gospel. Amen. Throughout the gospel. Miracles, in fact, real miracles are instant. Most real miracles are instant. The church is still building up. But most miracles you read in the Gospels, there is no miracle Jesus did that was tomorrow. It was, it, it was Elijah or Elisha who said, it was Elisha who said tomorrow about this time. Jesus never said tomorrow about the time. Jesus never said instantly. Remember what I said. So if you're a student of the Word, you look at the person, you look at the, the the Scriptures, and you compare what the person is doing with the Scriptures. So He's giving us the basics, which is the Word of God. Amen. So that we are not kept in the dark. And not just sitting down and say, oh, as for me, I'm a Pentecostal. I'm an Orthodox. We don't believe in these things. We don't believe in prophecy. We don't believe in... In fact, when I hear some of those things, it, it, I, I begin to... You know, we, we don't have the right to choose what we believe in in the Scriptures. Unless we are bigger than the Holy Spirit. No apostle in any Pentecostal church or any Orthodox church especially, because those are the places those things come from. When we say we don't believe in all these prophecy? I remember many years ago, my mom invited me she was in charge of the youth in their church at that particular time, and she gave me a, a, the platform to lead some kind of prayers in a particular church where she was. And I led some prayers, and at a point in time, I started prophesying to the people. And she said, "Oh, she came to me and said she stop, 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 and that in the church said, they don't they don't like that, they, they don't like that kind of ministrations and all that." And I said that if if you are in, if it's a church, then they should like this kind of ministrations. Why? Because it's there. It's a it's a prophetic ministration. It's a ministration of the Spirit. You can't only build the word of God just on the word. You you build the church on the Holy Spirit also. Is that true? And was trying to stop me. I was never stopped. I never stopped. I said, if anything? They should, when the you they should call me, I'll come and explain what is happening here. Is that not true? So we should allow. Like I said yesterday, it says quench not the Spirit and despise not prophesying. So we cannot look down on prophecies. It's very important. Despise not prophesying. It's important that we allow the flow of the in fact. In the order of service that Paul gave, go to First Corinthians chapter 14. It's so important. We've left a lot of things that make some of us. Let me talk small. Can I talk small? I said, can I talk small? Yes, sir. Oh, you are getting tired already. No, sir. It's important oto robo aussi parita kata Is that true or false yes, right. Oh thank you holy spirit Kali oto levra koshopoli kasen delegesh well, Mali Malito kopogondo sente pradis apre kodosh. kodoche man telego well, shokoko chebe I'm just speaking tongues just speaking tongues Just speaking tongues medo cheve lido do Merede beligo go shocko go bolo boko sister Man takopo shondo la Male te bango shocko godosh. Man teliga shada la Mango shocko go shada bahasa. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 26. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Say it, Say I have a more sure word of prophecy. So when a prophecy is given to me, or if somebody is prophesying, whether inspirationally or revelatorily, we know through the word of God, or we can judge through the word of God. When I say we can judge, it's in quote, amen. That we can know if what somebody is doing, the person is in error. Through the word of God, we can know if what a prophet is. And that's why no prophet should be ignorant. One of the problems in this modern, in this generation, is that most prophets only just love the gift, love the flow, and never learn the Bible. So they come out with all kinds of visions which are not consistent with the word of God. And that is what makes many people also want to uh, distance themselves from such ministrations. But it is also, we are also in error if we decide to distance ourselves from such ministrations. Why? Because this concerning spiritual gift, I will not want you to be ignorant. since the manifestation of the spirit is given to us. To profit all of us. Amen. Amen. There are certain profits you miss you See, if you distance yourself from such kind of ministrations. But it's important that ministers learn. You see, the Bible says that the man of God must not be a novice. That means the man of God must not be a, a child in knowledge. Every man of God, bishop, archbishop, prophet, whatever it is, pastor, regardless of your ministerial office. And even the spiritual gifts, gifts working in your life. Sometimes we amplify the gifts and leave the knowledge. So people come out with all kinds of, uh, uh, like I talked about, the kerosene and petrol and drinking oil and all kinds of things. You know, even if you want to, for any reason, transmit the poor god into an oil, it must not be drank. It's, 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 instead of drinking oil, you can take communion. We've been given what to eat. Did you hear what I said? Yes, sir. So all these things, or sometimes having to bath with certain soaps, and having to bath with certain uh, things—I don't know what you understand what I'm saying. It's like we are dealing with things. <laughs> Did you hear what I said there? You don't have to bath with soaps. And people come. and you know, say, I had a vision, and the Lord. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, that is the reason why people distance themselves. That vision must be properly understood. See, when you read the scriptures concerning Joseph, when the people. Had a vision in the prison. The Bible, even throughout the scriptures, where people had visions and all that, they didn't just wake up and say I had a vision like this, 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 no. I mean, it must be properly understood. The people said they had a vision, and there was nobody to interpret their vision for them, and they needed Joseph at that time. I've said that in this generation we don't have somebody who has a gift of interpretation of vision. Have I said that in this church? Yes, Am I telling you something? Yes, it's very important. But when a man of God comes, or even a Christian or someone says I had a vision, and so and so has happened to you, say eh, eh, and so so, and I went in the vision, I saw that you were buffing a particular soap, and bring the soap up, or a man of God says so if you want, if you are coming to church, all of you bring stones to church. All those things are, are strange things in the body of Christ. Sometimes even men of God, some of them are genuine. But the doctrine, the doctrine, the teaching, the ignorance. Makes them just picking it in the sea, we don't necessarily trying to examine them in the light of the gospel, in the light of the word of God. No matter your your revelational giftings, even as a prophet or as a minister of the gospel, it's important that you are not always in a haste to talk about what you see. You see, people say sometimes about pieces, they don't talk about because you must not always be in a haste, why? Because there are certain things you see. And you must examine them very well before you tell people. I don't know why you understand what I'm saying. You examine them in the light of the word of God. If I have a dream and maybe I saw you bath in a particular soup, I must know what that means before I tell you. It doesn't mean I should come and tell you, go and bath this particular soup and all your problems will be over. Or, as you are coming to church, all of us bring salt to church. Sometimes all of you bring bulb to church. As we own the bulb, your light will shine. All of you bring salt to church. As we... you. Bless the salt and you put it in your, your life will become tasty. I don't know whether that's what I'm saying. And all that. Some people have such visions in... They have... Some prophets have the visions. That they saw salt or something like that. Which you cannot doubt. But the point is examining such visions in the light of the word of God. And knowing what the spirit of God is communicating. See, to the church or to you. Through a salt. So that you don't just come and say, all of you as you are coming to church this Sunday, it's a Sunday of uh, uh, of salt. Or it's a Sunday of good life. Or the Sunday of taste. Some people say, all of you as you are coming, bring cutlasses to church. And all that. All those kind of things happen. And you say, we are coming to kill our enemies with those cutlasses. You see, those are things that are happening. And that's why people always want to distance themselves from the office of the prophet. Very great office. That we'll be talking about. Amen. And some will say, oh, those are divine directions. Amen. And it's important we understand some of these things. Amen. Amen. I don't know whether I understand what I'm saying. Yes, Amen. When you study the scriptures, where people miss it, especially in the New Testament, if you want to use the Old Testament alone to do prophecy, you will go into Eros. You may ask somebody to go and jump into Labadi what Beach over there or Labadi Sea over there or something. You understand? Just like maybe uh, Elisha did. So, you may end up going into errors because of their kind of dispensation. You know, the prophetic office has been there, the prophetic ministry has been there throughout the scriptures. Throughout the scriptures. And that is why some of the people say, even Elijah did. Even Elijah did. But you see, things are very different in the New Testament. Come on, shout glory. Glory. You understand what I'm saying? Things are very different in the New Testament. And when you want to study, where aprons and handkerchiefs were used. You want to study where shadows were used because that's what people normally use. And handkerchiefs and aprons were used. None of the men of God in those days ever asked anybody to bring aprons and handkerchiefs to church. No one. You should you read it with a kind of understanding. Peter never said that, bring the sick and I'll put my shadow on them. No. The Bible says that when they saw the outflow, the outpouring of the Spirit through the man of God in healings, and they saw many people healed. The people saw cripples, blind eyes open and all that. And they spoke among themselves. They said, oh, let me even bring my relative. They, that was an expression of their faith. It wasn't the man of God who gave a divine instruction that bring a sick and I'll put my shadow on, on them. Is that what the man of God did? No. It was the people themselves who saw all the miracles that were being done by the apostles, the Bible says. I think in Acts chapter 5, where they decided that Oh, let me bring my sick person. I even put him on the streets. So that if Peter is passing by, he says, "Peradventure," Meaning that it's not everybody his shadow even falls on. But if in, should in case his shadow falls on so and so, the person will be healed. Because the Spirit of God was working through everything that came in contact with Peter. The same with Paul. The Bible said, If we bring aprons and anchor chips and we even touch Paul, there will be a transmission. It wasn't Paul who gave an announcement that this Sunday is a Sunday of anchor chips and aprons. There was nothing like that, so it's important we understand some of these things, so that in the name of Aquantera, uh, in quote, we don't we don't go into a lot of errors and make the word of God of non-effect. It's very important. That is why people always want to distance themselves. But no matter what you think you want to do, I believe that you should examine all in the light of the word of God, true or false. The light of God's word. So he says, we have a more sure word of prophecy where you can look into the scriptures to see where any of the apostles called upon a Sunday of salt or a Sunday of stones. So we pray over this. Well, I was in a meeting back in Legon. where a, a, a man of God that was invited from an, a different nation came came and uh, I was so inspired. I wanted to be there. So I was there. And as the man of God preaching, he was preaching. So he preached and preached, and preached, and was very excited, and everybody was jumping there and there. And after the preaching, he said, all of us should go out there and bring stones. And all the students were so excited at the point where they forgot that they have read the scriptures before. And and they ran. It doesn't mean that... You see, falsehood is not just about the kind of spirit. Write it down. Because in church, when we say falsehood, people just think maybe the person is using an evil spirit. The person is, you know, you can go into error through ignorance. You can go into error through ignorance, even as a Christian. You can go into error through ignorance. As a minister. So it says the man of God must not be a novice. He must not be an ignorant person. He must not be somebody who doesn't study the scriptures. And whose faith is just in his gift, in his calling. So that's what I'm a prophet. When I just show up, the next day is just to be seen, to be seen. And all that. Such men of God easily go into error. If you are hearing what I'm saying, shout glory. Glory. So, falsehood may not necessarily be by the the spirit that he is using. See. But through the ignorance that the person is displaying. So, the person said we should go bring stones, and many people went out there. Most of the youth, young, we were all young and in church, about 100 or 200 of us, and they all ran, giddy giddy giddy, they went to bring stones. The church said, All witches in our family should somersault and die. And after that, you throw the stones as we throw the stones. A prophetic something the stone will go to wherever it's supposed to go and kill our enemies and all that. And the students did it, they were so even excited to have done it. By the grace of God, I was there with my Bible, so I just carried my Bible in my pocket and away. I knew that this is not the right thing to be done. Even though the man of God was not false, in a way. His preaching, everything was on point. But to tell us to bring stones, to kill witches, according to the scriptures, I'm here to see that one. So I just carried my thing. So it says, we have a more sure word. And I didn't stay. I said I didn't do what? Hmm, I didn't I didn't stay at all. So we have a more sure word of prophecy. That's what he's talking about. So that we can look at certain actions... In the light of God's word. Amen. Amen. Who understood what I just explained? Now, look at the order of service that Paul gives. How is it then? The same first Corinthians chapter 14. How is it then, brethren? When you come together, every one of you has a sound. So he's trying to tell us that we should so spiritually. I think I talk too much nowadays because of what the church has turned into. Two our faults. People just come to church for what they can get and run away. Should I say that again? If that is right, say that's right, sir. That's right, that's right. right." Because it says how is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you has a sound, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. Let all things be done how unto building up of the church. So when we come together, some of you, Dr. John has a psalm. Father has been praying with a psalm. He comes to recite some psalms for us. Through the Spirit. He's even written it on paper. I say, well, oh, I just got a psalm for all of us. Then we say, okay, just let flow, flow. Is that not true? Somebody also comes with a kind of revelation. Not revelation, revelation from the Word of God. Shall I just caught a revelation, sir? The things we've been teaching on, on grace. Shall I just caught one revelation? True or false? One has a so we discuss some of these things in the body of Christ. He says Psalm 2 has a tongue. That means that he's been he was praying in his privacy and he got a, a, a diverse a, 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 a diverse kinds of tongues, the operation of the, the manifestation of the diverse kinds of tongues for the church. So he's still there, he wrote it down, or he just inspired, us, when I come. So we give you the, micro, they give you the microphone, they give him the microphone, he begins to speak in tongues and begins to operate in the gift of diverse kinds of tongues. He has a tongue. And even interpret it for us in the church. And we say, wow, glory, the Holy Ghost is moving here. You see the church? But today's church has thrown all of these scriptures away. Is that true or false? We've thrown everything like this away. Another also has a revelation. One of God had a revelation about you. In fact, you were having a crusade somewhere in a stadium. Like most people. In fact, this year, looks everybody has seen me having a crusade in a stadium. So my greatness is in this. What do you guys think? Ah. And and that's, that's the brethren. Having a revelation about the man of God. Is that not true? It's huh? that. Each one of you have a revelation. It's not a revelation that is birthed out of some banku you overeat. A revelation of the spirit. You eat some fried yam and begin to tell us things. Is that not true? So each one of you have a revelation. Another has an interpretation of the tongue. It says, let all things be done. Imagine church was like that. What do you guys think? or some Sunday, we are expecting some Psalms, but that's so and so is bringing some Psalms. Amen. That's the order of, of, of worship. Now, one of the things I want us to understand about the revelational prophecy is that revelational prophecy is not judged on the basis of edification, exhortation, and comfort. That means that you can't judge the prophecy of a prophet based on inspirational prophecy. You see, you can't judge it on, on exhortation, edification, and comfort. So people receive prophecies from prophets and receive revelations from prophets and they say that, oh, after the revelation that the man of God gave us, in fact, it, it, it's like a, a kind of a negative prophecy, but fact, it instills some fear into me, Amen. I said, it did what? It is still some fear into me. And then they said, oh, but the prophecy, every prophecy is supposed to be for edification, exhortation. It's not every prophecy that is supposed to be for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Write it down. It is not every prophecy that is supposed to be judged on the basis. Inspirational prophecies are for that. And there are prophecies in the church like this. that said the Lord. Amen. Then you begin to speak. for thanks. Is that powerful? But Prophecies given by a prophet, a genuine prophet, is not judged on the basis of comfort, edification, and exhortation. I say that because I I listen to a lot of things a lot. And I watch a lot of things a lot, in fact. And I read a lot of things a lot also. Amen. And I realize that even most ministers, uh, senior ministers in the country, when they are talking about prophecies that most prophets give in Ghana and beyond, their basis for that is this, it's edification, exhortation, and comfort. See, they said, oh, if the prophet is not for edification, exhortation, and comfort, then it's not a genuine prophecy. That is wrong. Amen. That, that is wrong. A prophetic revelation is not a prophetic word. Revelatory prophecy is not judged on the basis of that. Did you hear what I said there? So the prophet doesn't come to you to speak to you for edification. For exhortation and for comfort. No, he comes to tell you what is revealed by him, by God to him. Amen. Amen. That's one thing about revelatory prophecy. I want you to write it down. Secondly, nobody has, no pastor, no teacher, none of the offices, not even an apostle, has the right to judge a revelatory prophecy from a prophet. Nobody has the right. People can say things out there and all that, but nobody has the right. No apostle in any church, in any country, or who just came from uh, what do we call it, uh, where Zion, <laughs> has been given the right. How? Why do I say that? Go to First Corinthians. See First, First Corinthians. If you are, you read the book of Revelation. That was written by John. You see a lot of things. True or false? You can't stay in your closet and judge what John saw on the island of Patmos. True or false? Oh, you can't. (laughs) You can't at all. No matter what you think you know. True or false? The only time, and I want to show you from the scriptures why I say that. Should I show you from the scriptures? Are you learning something? This year's avalanche is more of learning. True or false? I'm in a learning and teaching mood. Two of false. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29 to 30. I wanted to see it here. It is this not powerful? So no apostle has the right to judge a prophecy from a prophet in their own churches or in a particular church. Or in, the, in whatever it is. No apostle in the New Testament. Or no teacher in the New Testament. Why? Can we all read First Corinthians chapter fourteen verse twenty? Are we all there? Are we are we are we watching the screen? Can we read one, two, go? Mhm. 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 Is that powerful? Is that powerful? It says, let the prophet speak. This time he's talking about, he was talking about the gift of prophecy. Mm -hmm. Then verse 29, he enters into the office of the prophet, the the prophetic ministry, or the ministry of the prophet. How many are following what I'm teaching you here? If you are not there, how many are following what I'm teaching you here? I want to see whether you are following, you are following, give me a wave and let me see. So if I ask you the difference between the gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet, will you be able to explain? (laughs) I'll do an examination right now. But it says, Let the prophet speak two or three, and let the other judge. Is it there? Let the prophet speak two or three, and let the other judge. Who is the other? The other prophet. So it is the prophet that judges the prophet. And the prophet judges the prophecy of a prophet when he's in the company of the prophet. That is very important. You see, it is the company of the prophet that judges the prophecy of the prophet. It's the company of the prophet. He's talking about prophets. Let the prophet speak two or three. And let the other judge. Is that there? Write it down. It is the prophet who is in the other prophets who are in the company of the prophet prophesying that has the right to Judge. Before you can judge the prophecy of a prophet, you should be in the setting. S-E-T-I-N-G, you should be there. So, I cannot give a prophecy here and you were in your room eating banku as a prophet. There may be tomorrow morning you wake up to hear it somewhere because the world has changed. Some of on the one you are giving a prophecy to your church, it goes out. True or false. It's not necessarily the prophet who wants to say it out there. It's the prophet who is saying what he has seen to his congregation. And those words are picked. By people within the same church or some media people or whatever people. And they play it somewhere for it to go viral. True or false. Yes, so, whilst the prophet is speaking, the Bible says that the other prophets that are there should judge. Yes, so, after eating your banku and then tomorrow morning you are in the spirit somewhere, you are coming to judge what happened yesterday. It's wrong. <laughs> is that true or false? Yes, so, that's what he's teaching us here. that Let the prophet speak two or three. And let the other prophet that is also there... Let him judge. Then verse 30 says what? If anything be revealed. Do you see it there? If anything be revealed to another prophet that is sitting there. That means that that particular prophet is not prophesying. Or he's not seeing anything. Or he's just there. He's just choking. That's why I say it's not time you are seeing. Those are you think that when you're a prophet, when you are just walking, you are just, just be seeing everything. If that happens to you, you will have to go and live on a mountain. Did you hear what I said? That happened to you. I know there are some prophets who think that they see everything every, at any time. That's wrong. It's just a, it's a, <laughs> sometimes <you laughs> it's, just, it's just one of those things. Amen. But no prophet is always seen because it's dangerous. I said it's what? If you are always seen, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. So why is it dangerous? <coughs> You don't know what it means to operate in the office of the prophet. So it's okay for you. Is that not true? Yeah. But if you are always seeing people's lives, all their the eyes, is always open in the spirit. just watching the things that you'll be seeing. You have to carry you. You may even collapse one of the days. <laughs> There'll be so much burden on your body. So much burden. So you need time to rest and be, be a little bit normal. Be what? It helps. Be normal. Sometimes you can even ignore what you are seeing as if you are not seeing it. So that you can rest and not put a lot of wahala on your head. Sometimes you, you do that. Right? Because the more you are seeing even things about people's life, the more you are burdened with the things you see. See, it's only a prophet who is not maybe burdened or is not interested in your life. He just wants to prophesy and go. But every genuine prophet is burdened with what he sees. See, if you are about people, about nations, see, and about tents. Did you hear what I said? You are So if you are all just seen, everywhere you see, you'll be praying for the car, praying for the train, praying. you may not even be able to even relate with anybody again. So it's important. The Spirit of God does it in such a way that you can also rest. Amen. So if anything be revealed to another that's seated by, let the first hold his peace. So it's in the company of prophets that prophecies are judged. And this prophet says that if anything be revealed, so if nothing is revealed to you, keep quiet there even as a prophet. Nothing has been revealed. If one of me is prophesying, nothing has been revealed to me, I just sit down and think about myself. Is that not true? If one of me is prophesying also and I'm just there and I just see something about somebody to add up to what she's saying, I can just stand up and say. Or sometimes she may say something and I see that no, what she's saying is true. But it should be explained in this direction. No, but let's explain in this direction. Do you understand? That's the unity of the faith. See, today if you try that, people will say, oh, Is that not true? All kinds of things have made a lot of things happen. Who understood what I just explained right now? So you don't have the right to sit somewhere to judge a prophecy when you were not even there as a prophet. See, some people are sitting in their churches, all they do is teach and give hymns and give hymns and give hymns. And then when somebody gives a prophecy, somebody says, oh, they call him on the FM station and says, oh, and then begins to talk. You see, it's wrong. Did I say it's wrong? Yes, sir. If you don't know, have anything to say, when the heaven people call you, you say, oh, I don't have anything to say. I was not there when he was prophesying. So you can ask him, ask the one who prophesied the thing himself. True or false? is yes, the one who can explain what he saw. <laughs> Come on, shout glory. glory. Who caught what I just said there? Is it, is it, is it clear? Yes, sir. Now, thirdly, the prophet, I've already explained let me just say, the prophet operates in the gift of prophecy or inspirational prophecy with revelational giftings involved. And even the descending of spirits involved in the office of the prophet. Amen. Amen. So he's not; he doesn't only uh, operate in prophecies. He operates in prophecies and revelational giftings. He sees and he hears supernaturally. And he also works in the grace or the gift of descending of spirits. On a continual basis, and mark that one, on a continual basis, you can see things one time, amen, it doesn't make you a prophet, yes, <laughs> you hear what I said, you can even prophesy and see something one time, like the donkey that spoke, one time, two of us, But it doesn't make the donkey a prophet, doesn't make the donkey a prophet, no, but it must be on a continual basis, it is something you are known for, it is something you do. But you do it to the point where you are even tired and looking for some people to help you to do some, is that true or false? It's very important that we see a prophet from that angle. Are we there? Yes, that we see a revelatory prophecy from that angle. Come on, shout glory! glory. Who is understand what I'm preaching there? Sir. Amen. Amen. Now, then, fourthly, we should not confuse spiritual, the gift of the spiritual gift of prophecy, with the office of the prophet. You should not confuse it. And Let me give you two scriptures concerning that. Amen. You should not confuse the two. The spiritual gift of prophecy. With the office of the prophet. See, The simple. Because you know the simple gift of prophecy. Is for all Christians who desire. It's for all Christians who desire. But the office of the prophet. Is not for all Christians who desire. It's a calling. It's what. It's a calling. So it is not for all Christians who desire. But a simple gift of prophecy, or any one of you here who desires that, and I said I explained desire to you us who desires that, can walk in the simple gift of prophecy. That is what the scriptures teaches. So it says, are, are all prophets? Because not all are prophets. So, but all desire, can desire to prophesy. Or operate in the simple gift of prophecy. That's the fourth point. Do you understand what I just said? Let me give you a scripture to that. If you understand, give me a wave and let me see. So, everyone, every Christian can desire to prophesy or function in the simple gift of prophecy. Every Christian. But every Christian cannot desire to be a prophet because it's a calling. You have to be called. You have to be graced. If you understand, shout glory to that. Now, there is no such thing as a doom prophecy. Or there is no such thing as a negative prophecy. Write it down. There is no such thing as a negative prophecy. Are you following what I'm teaching? Yes, sir. Shout glory. glory. I wanted to give you some scriptures saying, Because of our time, I think you can just write the scripture down. For the fourth point, you can write 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 31. Can you take us there? Okay, we are even already devastated. So take us to 31. That's on the fourth point. This is the fifth point, what I just said right now. That there is no negative prophecy. Look at some other person. There is, no there is no negative prophecy. For you may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and all may be comforted. You may all prophesy one by one. So in the church, we can all prophesy with the gift of prophecy. Dr. John can just begin to prophesy, that said the Lord. So, so 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 so. By the time he finishes, the Sister Felice will pick up that said the Lord, so 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 concerning the church or concerning even an individual, not necessarily a revelation. They are not seeing anything about the person. But the Spirit of God is speaking through them, to the church. Did you hear what I said? From there it comes to Brother Alfred, that said the Lord, and begins to speak. It says that we may all profess one by one. In fact, the Spirit of God wants all of us to be able to profess one by one in the church. Hallelujah. Oh, I thought hear you heard you sound and hallelujah to that. Hallelujah. It says so that all may learn, so that all may be comforted. That is prophecy. But when it comes to the ministry of the prophet, you can look at that in First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 28, quickly. Are you learning something? I are to give you the turning point so that you don't just listen to it like a... I want you to understand it so that you can explain to somebody. true or false. And this ministry, it has a, a serious prophetic ministry. It's a prophetic ministry. It's a teaching ministry. I've said there is no prayer ministry. Did I say that? Yes, <laughs> Doc, did you hear that yesterday? Yes, sir. No church is a prayer ministry. A fountain of faith prayer ministry. For you may all profess one by one. <laughs> A, B, shout glory. glory. Oh, where, where are we? What is happening here? I said First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. See, so we are prophesying one by one in WCN. Say I'm walking in the gift of prophecy. I'm walking in the gift, the gift of prophecy. Is that not true? true you must desire. Do you want to desire it? God has set, for, had set some in the church. First, apostles. Second, really prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. Then, gifts of healings. But God has set some in the church. First, apostles. Second, really prophets. Teachers. Helps. Governments. Diversities of tongues. Continue verse 29. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do you see there? So not all are prophets. And this battle is the point that it is not everybody who prophesies who is a prophet. And it's not only the prophet who can prophesy. The prophet works in revelatory prophecy. Don't forget, that is that true? And also works in the gift of discerning of spirits. It's a very special gift. It's a gift I admire most. Amen. It's a gift that sees into the hearts of men. It's a gift that sees into the spirit realm. See, I see something like this. See, it's a gift. It's a revelational gift of descending of spirits. Of what? Descending. descending of spirits. You're able to see into the spirit realm. So sometimes somebody says, I see an accident. See, I had an accident last year. See, it's you, how, how did he see the accident? <laughs> Is that not powerful? It's a combination of the what we call the gift of word of knowledge And descending of spirits you see, you see into the spirit realm Sometimes you see an angel Sometimes you see a demon Sometimes you can cast out a demon and see the demon leave It's a, it's a very special gift If you are dealing with casting out devils Because how will you know the devil left Or the spirit left Or the spirit remained And acted as if it's gone Because evil spirits are intelligent So they say oh I'm gone, I'm gone, I'm gone They are still there you say, come out! Is that true or false? In the name of Jesus. Yes, it's through the gift of the Send of spirit that you see the demon has left. So now you may not see the demon, but there is a knowing that lets you know that the person is free. It's a supernatural knowing. Shout glory. glory. So it's so important. But I, I, It's so important. So I say it's so important. It's so important. I said say it's so important. It's so important. Now the fifth one, I say that There is no negative prophecy. Is that true? I said what? There is no negative revelatory prophecy. There is no negative revelatory prophecy. There is no negative revelatory prophecy. There is no negative. negative. Now, we have what we call doom prophecies and negative prophecies. Now, when a Christian attaches negativity to prophecy, that Christian is insulting the Spirit of God and insulting the grace of God. Write it down so that you don't make such mistakes again. Is that true or false? We don't attach negativity to a revelation. I see a plane crash. Ah, that's a negative prophecy. Why are they always seeing a plane crash? I see an accident. Oh, that is a negative revelation. This man of God is always seeing an accident of cars. Why won't he say, uh, see us being biloness? Do you understand what I'm saying? So there is no negative revelatory prophecy. Or there is no negative revelation. If you hear what I said, shout glory to that. There is nothing like a negative prophecy. Why? Because the Spirit of God loves us so much. When He reveals that to us authentically, He's revealing to us for us to be aware. The Spirit of God sometimes doesn't want us to be in a dark as to what is about to happen. So it's out of His love that He does that. Did you hear what I said? So when He reveals something to us, and that thing is, is not like in our favor... We cannot attach negativity to it. We can only thank him and ask for what we should do. Did you hear what I said? When we attach negativity to it, we are insulting the Holy Spirit. In fact, I've heard people say that uh, it's only in this generation that people, men of God, give negative prophecies and all that. They make it look like this is a doom prophecy. I've heard doom prophecies. We've even given it a name, doom prophecy and all that. When you study throughout the scriptures, especially in the New Testament, every prophecy, or almost every almost every prophecy, let me put it that way. Almost every revelatory prophet that was given by a prophet was not in a good favor. Now give you those scriptures right now. Almost every in the New Testament. Did you hear what I said? Yes, almost every. That's why I wonder. I think people have learned so much that sometimes they say things we don't know what they are reading from. They are reading some other books, some translations or some commentaries, Matthew Henry's commentaries. Is that not true or false? Or some other man of God's commentary somewhere. Because if it is the book we are reading, we we'll see a lot of things like that. True or false. So we don't need to attach negativity to a prophecy. And so this prophecy is negative. Oh, why is that they don't deal with the evil side that they saw? The man of God must deal with the evil side that they saw. True or false. Yeah. Hmm. See. If the man of God comes to you and says, I see an accident on Tuesday, it's a caution he's giving you. It's not for edification, hesitation, and comfort. That's what I said that. That's why I said that. But it is a caution. It is what? A so sometimes the Spirit of God will add up to it. So on Tuesday, maybe do not pass here, do not go here. Or do not go anywhere, just stay and pray. Or sometimes, the Spirit of God will tell you to be careful, even as you drive. So in your mind, this thing has been revealed to you through a prophet. And it brings you a kind of awareness of what... Because, you see, the Spirit of God is not telling you what He, the Spirit, is doing. The Spirit of God is telling you what is about to happen or transpire in your life. That you may not be aware of. I don't know what, else, what I'm saying. It's so important. Through a prophet. So if you know that it's a prophet speaking. But he's speaking by the spirit. He's doing what? He's by the oh, I said he's speaking by what? The speaking by the spirit. He's speaking by God. Or God is speaking to the person. You learn how to handle that. Sometimes it calls for prayers. I remember years ago when my wife was pregnant, and I was sitting there when I saw their car getting an accident. I just stood up and started praying. And the car actually got the accident too. The drunk driver hit the car like his buying. Nothing happened to our, the car, our car then. And the guy's car fault. And still continued with his d- driving because he was drunk. And she was really pregnant at that time. But I was even watching the television. It's not that I was praying. When the Spirit just told me, begin to pray, something's about to happen. So I could have just said, ah, this is a negative prophecy, sir. You can do all things. Two of us, and gone to, and gone to sleep. I immediately started praying in the Spirit. I prayed for about 30 minutes. I called, I said, where are you? They said, oh, we're on the way coming. I called, I guess, where are you? They said, oh, somebody just bashed our car and something like that. But the guy's car spawned and he even drove off in his state of drunkenness. Maybe the next morning he would discover that he fault his car. But nothing happened. Amen. Amen. Nothing happened. I was traveling some years back when I had a similar revelation like that. When the bus we were going to sit in had been attacked by by armed robbers. And when I went to to the station and I got the ticket, I never got a seat. I got a a ticket with a seat. I got there and there was no seat for me. And I was so sure. I said, but I didn't fight with them. I didn't quarrel. So they sat, I sat behind the driver. I sat with the driver in the middle. They gave me a plastic chair to sit in the bus. Think about it. And I sat humbly. But before I was coming, I had seen some of the things that was going to take place on the road. So I was with the driver to make sure that things would be... The Holy Ghost wanted me to be with the driver then. <laughs> Twelve of us. So whilst we were coming, we saw a car chasing us, chasing the bus. A long bus, VIP or something like, OA or something like that. Chasing the bus and we were shooting into the air. Cook, 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 cook. And the devil was confused. And suddenly, some kind of holy boldness or some kind of spiritual boldness came up came upon me. And I said, to "The devil, go, 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 go. Go? let's go." The guy was shaking like this behind the stair. Was and then he started going. I started speaking in tongues because I had seen all of that before. So working in revelation is very important. And having a prophet is very important in your life. I said what? Very it's very important in your life. Then the car went. People chased, chased. They couldn't get us. Shot into the air. We, we went, went. The guy was shaking. I told him. I said all of this. And I saw it before I came. So that's why I'm sitting beside you. Is that not strange? I was like Paul doing the shipwreck. Amen. Yes. So it's very important. Sometimes we give prophecies about things and people ask, Oh, why are they saying saying this? Sometimes even prophecies, revelative prophecies are to direct. Some of you what you need for what the miracle you want to see is to serve common service. As as common as simple as it is in the house of God. It takes a prophet tell if you serve here. Two of us. There's one of us who a prophet we invited a prophet and the prophet prophesied to the person, to the person, stay in this church and serve. And do what you can do to support the ministry. And God will bless you. God will change your story. And the person stayed. One of the ladies, stayed and served. And got some testimonies. Got some changes that she came in a particular way. And now she's been seeing changes. Because she listened. She obeyed. She could have just come for one Sunday, listen to a prophecy and go home. And still went, to go back home and face what she was facing the whole years. And so, but the prophet prayed for me. Do you hear what I said? Yes, Revelatory prophecy. It's so important. Amen. Amen. Is it important? It's important. So let me give you certain scriptures. Maybe I can just end with this and then continue tomorrow. Is that powerful? No. Tomorrow, tomorrow I'll talk about what warring with prophets is true or false. I wanted to give you a lot of scriptures, but we don't have time today. Oh. So go to Acts chapter 13. The book of Acts. Quickly. Verse 1 to 4, when we see some of the examples of the revelatory prophecies that were given. So that you don't you see how they were given and all that. Amen. Because today when we talk about revelatory prophecies, all people think about is Elijah and Elisha. In fact, Elisha was so equipped prophetically to the point where the king of Syria, read the Bible, and the king was coming to wage war against Israel, the king of Syria. And when he gathered his troops and said, This is where I will camp. See, when we when we are going against Israel in the battle, I'll camp somewhere in Osu, and then I'll let the military men stay somewhere in East Legon, and then draw all do all the structure. So when he draws the structure, then the spirit of God will reveal it to Elisha the prophet in Israel, and Elisha will call the king of Israel and say, "This is so and so and so is what the king of Israel had planned. He will camp in Osu. He will do this in Osu." And then the king of Israel will send a servant to go and tell the king of Syria that, I know you will camp in Osu, and I also know that you will put your military men over here. So he did that about three times. And the Spirit of God revealed to Elisha, the prophet. So what he was saying in his chamber was revealed to a prophet. Is that not powerful? powerful? To the point where the king of Syria was so angry, what was happening? Do I have somebody, an insider here who is giving feeling information? Until to somebody told him that there is a prophet in Israel. The one who used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. Ah, really? He is still there. And he is the one who knows the secrets of what you say in your bedchamber. And he's revealing it to his king. Is that not powerful? That's powerful. When Saul was on a search for a donkey, he met a prophet. He met who? He met Prophet Samuel. If you have time, you read all of that, but if you don't have time. You consider it a step. He's already tired. Amen. Come on, shout glory. glory. So Acts chapter 13 from verse 1. Those are old testament examples. Amen. There are a lot of a lot of prophets, a lot of prophets in the old testament, a lot of very correct prophets, two of us, mighty prophets. Abraham was a prophet. That is why you could perceive that these three men, one was God Himself. If God passes by your house, will you see that he's passing? Is that not strange? Some, the Bible says some have entertained angels on They fed; in this angel come and eat in my house. I think that if angels pass by my house, they you always enjoy two of us. You <laughs> are there, shout glory to that. You are not excited. You are not shouting the glory. Is that not true? So you could perceive that these three men were not ordinary men. One was God Himself, who had transformed into a man. <laughs> Is that not powerful? Two angels are with him. He picked it up. He says, come, 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 come. He perceived that these, are, these were not ordinary men. When his wife was carried by the king Abimelech, God showed up. He was a prophet. God went to Abimelech and said, do you know you are carrying a prophet's wife? Abimelech said, I'm, I'm innocent. I didn't know it's a prophet's wife. He says, if you don't release the prophet's wife, I will kill you. Then God told Abimelech the king, he says, that because because he had taken Sarah into his house, the king had taken Sarah into his house, the whole household of Abimelech, including all his animals, had been made barren. God was so angry that the guy was keeping the prophet's wife. Think about it. Touch not my, my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And made all of them barren and said, Abraham the prophet will pray for you so that all of them will conceive. Is that not powerful? Wow. Enoch was a prophet. He prophesied about the days to come. He walked with God, the Bible says, and he was taken. Elijah was a prophet, true or false? Oh, Elijah's prophetic thing is such that, in fact, people are still finding out what kind of manifestations that prophet enjoyed. A man who could disappear. It's never. I'm, we are yet to see some even in the new testament where the fullness of the spirit has been given to us yeah, so I'm walking in the fullness of the spirit, I'm in the of the spirit. Yeah. yet Elijah was not walking in the fullness of the spirit could disappear he could be here and be carried to the mountain from here be carried to Osu somewhere from Osu be carried to Choco somewhere from Choco be carried to Community 25 somewhere that's transportation through the Spirit. That was Elijah. In fact, the Spirit of God carried him to the point where the Spirit of God said, No, let's carry this guy home. He's too loaded. We can't let him stay. We can't let him die. Is that not strange? You see, I said it yesterday that because we've despised the manifestation of the Spirit, that's why we don't see some of these things. The man of God says that, How did you come? here? say, Oh, I just said I'm coming. I just saw myself here. The whole social media will pick it like it's you. In fact, even the church members themselves will laugh themselves to and say, "This is the duo." But it was a normal life of an Old Testament prophet, where if he, he didn't have a wife or a girlfriend, if he had a girlfriend or a wife, he's going to the girlfriend. By the time the wife checks, he's sitting in the hall. Malatos ateli Is that not strange? A man of God who calls fire and the fire comes literally to burn something. He didn't need the matches. But it was Jesus who did the same. Two of us he did similar thing. He didn't call down fire like that. He just did like this. The fire started. <laughs> Shout glory. glory. So let's look at these scriptures and then we enter into some kind of prayers. Amen. Amen. How many have been blessed so far with what you've heard? So the, 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 the office of the person, old office, is office. the oldest ministerial office. You see. None of the ministerial office is greater than the other. The apostle is not greater than the prophet. The prophet is not greater than the teacher. I know the scriptures talked about, firstly, apostles. It's talking about in hierarchy, spiritual hierarchy. Because God is a God of order. So in higher spiritual hierarchy or rank, the apostle is first. Why? Because an apostle can also be a prophet. An apostle can combine other ministerial offices. For instance, an apostle can be a teacher can be a prophet, can be a pastor. So we can have an apostle that is reaching out to nations and planting churches see, and is able to still teach the church, is able to prophesy to the church, see things about them. An apostle carrying all. But sometimes when somebody is a prophet, it's a prophet. Did you hear what I said? So he calls first the apostle, the second the prophets, and the others that follow. By the oldest ministerial office, you can write that down, is a prophetic office. It's a foundation. It's a foundation. Tomorrow I'll go a little bit into that before I continue because of my time. Amen. Moses saw what happened in Genesis. Moses, and God said, "Light be." And God was speaking. Moses was not yet born. But after Moses became a prophet, he by revelation saw it. He saw by revelation that God said, "Light be," and started writing it down. Is that not strange? So how God created everything he created. Oh, that's so powerful. Come on, shout glory. glory. So now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas, as Simeon, that was called Niger or Niger or something, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menane, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, verse 2. And as they ministered to the Lord, so sometimes the prophetic Ministration, or even even the gift of prophecy, works as we minister to the Lord. Sometimes there is a an attitude that attracts it. Sometimes there is an atmosphere that attracts it. You hear what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need, like Elijah, a minstrel. As the pianist is just playing, you see the spirit of God just begins to shake within your spirit. Our legacies, your eyes are opened. <laughs> So it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, they were what? They were doing what? Do you see it there? As they ministered to the Lord, that is like a form of worship. Amen. Amen. And fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Do you see it there? The Spirit of God said, separate unto me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work that I have. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them, and sent them away, verse four. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. Is that powerful? So that's one of the scriptures. The other one is Acts chapter twenty-one, from verse ten to eleven. I want you to see. It there. I want you to see it there. Acts chapter twenty-one, from verse ten to eleven. Quickly. And when? Can we do it fast? Quickly. Amen. We don't have time. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea, or Judea, a, pro, a certain prophet named Agabus. Say Agabus. Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle, and bound his own hands and feet, and said, that said the Holy Ghost. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle, and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Do you see it there? So Paul was going to be arrested in Jerusalem, through or false. And the prophet saw it and told him that this is what he's going to do. He's going to bind him, bind him, put chains on his legs and his hands and arrest him. Was that a, a good prophecy? No, sir. When we are going to turn and say, as you enter U.S., you will be you will be arrested. That is what he said there. The same thing. So make sure you don't enter U.S. now. Through or false. Is this a, this, we are calling it in our days, we will say it's a positive promise. Mm-hmm. But this was to create an awareness, to let Paul know what was ahead. He did not give him an insight whether he should go or he should not go, but he told him what to happen. And Paul go, went, and what he happened, happened, what he said happened, true or false? It happened. Paul was arrested. And he, he couldn't even preach any ceremony when they just, was just carried quickly. See, <laughs> so he was carried quickly. was carried quickly. Acts chapter 27 from verse 10 to 11 also. I love this scripture so so much. Acts chapter 27 from verse 10 to 11. And this one, there was no uh, uh, reveal to redeem here. So he revealed so that now he will redeem him out of it. So that he will no longer be arrested. Is that what he did here? No, sir. Tomorrow we will talk about that subject. Two or false? i I'll give you a lot of scriptures. A lot of scriptures. And why God reveals. I don't, I don't have time. I wish I had about five days. What do you guys think? Maybe we should extend it to Tuesday. <laughs> Stafford, what do you think? <laughs> Come on, shout glory. glory. And said unto them, says, I perceive that this... Now, Paul was traveling as a prisoner. He had been arrested like the prophet Agabus said. And was being transported. You see. And whilst they were going... Paul, he was an apostle. Paul was an apostle, a teacher, and a prophet. An apostle, a teacher, and a prophet. Is that not powerful? So he saw what was going to happen. So he was telling the sailor, he says, and Paul said unto them, it's a whole chapter we can't read all. On them says, I perceive that this... to 25, this same chapter, quickly, because of our time. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, says, you should have hearkened unto me, because what he said had happened, and not have gained this harm and loss. Continue. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the sheep. Uh-huh. For they stood by me this night, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. So he, he was talking with an angel. That's a gift of descending of spirits. Continue. He was the one who said, I don't want to be ignorant of giftings. Two of us. Yeah. Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. Is that not powerful? Well, you have time read the whole chapter. Which of what happened, the shipwreck and all the things that happened. Amen. You don't have time. Sister Fida. will you read it? Acts chapter 27. <laughs> I think that you are sleeping small, small. Acts chapter 11 from verse 27 to 29. Shout glory. Amen. So tomorrow we talk about warring with prophecy. Two or faults, And I'll make sure I highlight on a little things that are also very important. Amen. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. Do you see there? Prophets. So many people only know Agabus. Is that not true? Yes, but also there are other prophets like Silas, like Judas. Tomorrow maybe I'll give you that scripture. I have a scripture here, but we don't have time. Certain prophets in the New Testament, apart from Agabus, because many people just know Agabus. There's only one prophet in the New Testament. That is wrong. Amen. And they stood up one of them named Agabus again. And signified by, hey, if Agabus was in our times, I think he would carry his bag and run away. Huh? Or you will be arrested by the, uh, what's the name of the the, the IGP, eh? <laughs> what do you guys think? And they stood up, one of them named Agabus. And signified by the spirit. You know, when the king of Syria thought that you could arrest the prophet Elisha. And when and sent military men, the military men went there. Elijah looked at them and said, "You should be blind." They all went blind at once. Today we see that kind of judgment; the world will be shaken. God has relaxed a little bit on that. The two of us is making grace work. That is why an IDP can say we arrest a prophet. But the time the IDP moves five steps; he's dead. There's a dead man. Without the prophet, he been speaking. Says man of God, if you're a man of God, you we have been sent to arrest you. Says if I be a man of God, let fire catch you there. If you truly call me a man, I will let fire catch you. immediately fire caught them. Some people, you were just laughing at Elisha. I say, you bald head, you bald head. Some children, Sunday school children. Bald headed man. Elisha, bald headed man. Elisha, bald headed man. Elisha moved like this. Do you know what happened afterwards? You know the story. By the time we checked, the children had been left with bones. Just to think about it. So God, we are in a dispensation of grace. And God has left most judgment, most of the judgment, to the time to come. That's why people can misbehave and still go and go and sit down and say, maybe I'll of us with it now. In, in reality, in the scriptures, even if a pastor makes a mistake, he makes a mistake to the God who called him. So the one who called him, he stands or he falls. That things have changed. If all the people are talking about men of God, by this time they have become mute. But has God won that in this generation? No. He wants all men to be saved. Two of us. That is the grace of God. <laughs> and there stood up one of them named Agabus and signified by the Spirit that there should be great death. That's great famine. Throughout all the world. Which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. What did he see? He saw a great famine. The prophet. And you see, why do I share these things with you? Because so that you become candidates for change. Now, some of you, all the things we say, you see in the scriptures. But right? oh, it's just Bible. You throw it away. You see the same things people are saying about ministers because of some of these things that you have learned. And still act as if he a Bible man of God preach, but you should be a candidate of change. You're a Christian, so you stand for the truth. Say, so I'm standing for the truth, for the truth. regardless of which minister it's concerned. It concerns you're a Christian, Amen. Amen. So Agabus did that. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea. So the prophet saw famine. And it came to pass. It's true or false? So it's so important. Can we please, please be outstanding? Sometimes you see things. Oh, do you see the scriptures I just read? When you go, you can read them. None of them, if a prophet says he sees famine, won't we say it's a doom prophecy? Yes, sir. I see a great famine in Ghana. Or I see a great famine in, in the world. We'll say, ah, who is that prophet? It's a doom prophecy. Let's arrest the prophet and all kinds of things. Then we'll ask teachers, why is the teacher who come? He's not a prophet. And it's now come to judge the prophecy. I'm a teacher. I've read throughout the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. And I know that those prophecies are not true. Prophecies are for edification, salvation, and comfort. When you hear that, you say, true or false? It's very important that we learn these things. Tomorrow I'll tell you how to wage war with prophecies. It is not every prophecy. Who is here tomorrow? Who is here tomorrow? So, it's not every prophecy that when it is revealed or spoken, you just have to go home and sleep. Some of them, you go, I professor, I've been prophets for many years. A professor, one of my prophecies was in 2007, 2008. One day I'll invite another boy to come. He'll come and tell you about the prophecy. He's still there, my friend. He's still there. Amen. We used to eat food together. And one day the Spirit of God came upon me. I said, I see your father having an accident. And we were all laughing. We were praying on field. And it was I laid down on him. He fell down. I carried him. He said, let's go home. Two days afterward, the father was traveling on the Kumasi road. The car got an accident. The car crashed. He was the only survivor. That was in 2007. 2000 and what? 2007, 2008. Nothing. And when you see, when you see that my friend, he's stick tall. But his father is thick taller. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? When you see him, he will reach this thing. Very thick tall man. So for him to have crashed with them to have crashed like that and nothing happened to him. It was powerful. I was a student then. I was now learning about prophecies. Is that not true? We've learned about it a lot. And we've given prophecies for a long time. Have you ever seen me giving prophecy revelations and you know, for a long time? With testimonies and all that. Is that not powerful? It's a very powerful operation of the gift. When you have a prophet in your life, cherish the prophet. You have a teacher in your life, cherish the teacher. Is that not powerful? powerful sir. You have an apostle, cherish the apostle. Cherish, is that not true? true sir. When you see me, say, I salute you, sir. True, sir. Don't come to me and say, What is God saying? <laughs> <laughs> is that not true? true sir. Hmm, that is God saying. And then we put pressure on ministers, What is God saying? I wanted them to play one or two prophets, but we don't have time for that. Amen. I gave a lady a prophecy. The lady who always was looking for a job all around. She would always be sick. I was looking for a job also. There was no job. And there was an old lady in the, in the woman's house. I wanted them to play that prophecy, but we don't have time. The young lady. Those times when we were having the conferences. And wherever the lady was going, that old lady was monitoring her. And there was a descending of spirits. Yes. Okay. So when she goes to the work and look for a job and all that and come back, then they, they do say, So I told her all of that, I said it's true. Every time she comes from the house, the woman is just at the corner waiting for her. Those are evil spirits in operations. Some people say, Why old ladies? Sometimes old ladies are witches. Sometimes the young ladies too are witches. Young ladies can be witches. Some too, young ladies are even influenced by demons. Is that not true? There is no lady who can show only his panty on social media if is not influenced by demons. Yeah. They are influenced by the spirit of lust. To propagate lasciviousness all around. So sometimes when we talk about people influenced by spirit, we think we say we old lady. Most young ladies are more say, what? Influenced by demons than all the old ladies we most old people. And depending on the level of the influence of those demons, even if you have them as friends, if you don't, if you, the Christian, you've not heard my message, then you are in trouble. The only time you are free is when you have heard my message is true or false. I said true or false. Brother, you didn't say anything. I said through or false. You've heard the messages on authority and now you can kick the devil out of your life. Even when the demon is around, you say, hey, is it me you are around right now? Sometimes you have to open your eyes on the demons. Is it me? I, you know? See the demon just start running away like a, a, a cat. True or false? You should cast out demons, so. Oh. Sister Frida, you should do what? Cast out demons. Don't kill witches, so. Oh. Cast out demons. <laughs> killing all the witches. Die, die, die. Cast out. All those witches, they are, they are nothing. The lady in question, you see sometimes people don't go to church. Sometimes people too are not Holy Ghost filled and inspired. But they are born again. So when you do that, or you're a Christian, you are lukewarm, you are not serious, you speak in tongues on the 31st night and all kinds of things. That is when these works, operations take place in your life. When you are fervent in the spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost, in church, hearing the word of God, studying the word of God, exercising your authority and all that. Malaga dosh. You will see what will happen. When demons are looking for candidates, they don't come near you. Come and shout glory. glory. It's very important. The the lady the lady got a job and all that. She came back to testify. We had a lot of that. Is that not true? Yes, I think now my, my prophecy level. I'm not really enthused. I don't know why. It's like a shame comes. Out. Dog, what do you think? Oh, you want a word? Yes. Dog doesn't want a word, he's loading himself. Lift up your hands wherever you are. <laughs>